Is the devil really defeated? Well, yes and no. Welcome to the Real Truth Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Lambert. In an hour when deception and apostasy is rampant on earth, the need for proclaiming the real truth has never been more desperate. Jesus prophesied, an hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For such people, the Father seeks to be his worshipers. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Proclaiming the real truth of the written and rhema prophetic word of God that he is revealing in this hour concerning the church Jesus is building is our goal. Affecting real change in the hearts and minds of believers in Christ in order to fulfill the purposes and plans of God is our purpose. This is Stephen Lambert with a message entitled, Is the Devil Really Defeated? Well, yes and no. To many people, including many who claim to be Christians or believers in Christ, the matter of the existence and operations of the devil on earth are either basically an unknown or a spiritual conundrum. That is understandable, given the fact that unbiblical or in some cases anti-biblical preaching and teaching on the matter is ubiquitous, even in the context of self-purported Christian churches. The central theory of that biblically incorrect teaching to varying degrees is the somewhat misleading assertion, in whatever terms it is expressed, Jesus defeated the devil on the cross of Calvary. While that statement and the set of teachings it represents bear some truth, it nevertheless is not the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Rather, it is actually partial truth. And partial truth is not truth. Did Jesus defeat the devil on the cross of Calvary? Yes. Jesus did indeed defeat the devil on the cross of Calvary. But the problem is, what specifically did that defeat entail? Was it entire and complete? in the sense that the devil in his power and authority to bring adversity into people's lives and into the world system were brought to an end or ceased? Was the devil annihilated or eliminated, or did he cease to exist? Was the devil's domain, the kingdom of darkness, annihilated and rendered null and void, and no longer existent? Unfortunately, the answer to all those questions is a resounding no. The purpose of this article, while it is far from being a theological treatise on the topic, is to shed some light on this seemingly spiritual enigma 
that has caused many to hold untrue opinions and maintain destruction-producing misunderstanding about this somewhat complex matter. To do theological justice to this seminal matter would require a more thorough treatment in a volume much larger than a simple article like this one, such as a book which is exactly what the text here will be included in, namely the soon-to-be-released expanded edition of my book Deliverance from Demonic Powers, which you can find on our publishing house website, realtruthpublications.com. How you have fallen from heaven, O star of the morning, sun of the dawn, You have been cut down to the earth. You have weakened the nations. Isaiah 14, 12 The Lord said to Satan, From where do you come? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From roaming about on the earth and walking around on it. Job 1, 7 and 2, 2 Be of sober spirit. Be on the alert, your adversary the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. 1 Peter 5, 8, NASB Be well balanced, temperate, sober of mind. Be vigilant and cautious at all times. For that enemy of yours, the devil, roams around like a lion roaring in fierce hunger, seeking someone to seize upon and devour. 1 Peter 5, 8, Amplified Bible. Three times Jesus referred to Satan as the ruler of this world, thereby attributing to him spiritual authority over the world's system. Now judgment is upon this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. John twelve thirty one. I will not speak much more with you, for the ruler of this world is coming, and he has nothing in me. John fourteen thirty. And concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world has been judged. John 16:11 The apostle Peter, who of course was one of the original apostles or apostles of the Lamb, personally witnessed the following by Christ. His demonstrations of miracle power and authority, all of which were trained upon the purpose of destroying the works of the devil. 1 John 3:8 thereby demonstrating he possessed all authority and power in the cosmos, including over the devil, devils, and the domain of darkness. The death of Christ on the cross. The empty tomb and Christ's glorious resurrection on resurrection morning. The upper room visitation of the resurrected Christ on the resurrection evening. 
The visitation of the resurrected Christ on the shores of the Sea of Galilee, when Peter and some of the other apostles fished all night and caught nothing, and Jesus cooked breakfast for them. The glorious ascension of Christ into heaven on the day of ascension on the Mount of Ascension. Nonetheless, Peter wrote this sober and poignant aforesighted admonition in his first letter, which was addressed to believers then residing in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, 1 Peter 1, 1, as well as to all believers for all times, wherever they may reside in the world, to be ever vigilant concerning the wiles and schemes of our adversary, the devil, because he roams about on the earth seeking individuals who will allow or permit him to devour them. Quote, be of sober spirit, be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. End quote. 1 Peter 5, 8, NASB. The King James Version correctly translates that passage as, quote, whom he may devour. End quote. The English word may is a term of permission, vis-a-vis the word can, which speaks to ability, capability, power to do something. God states categorically and unequivocally in Hosea 4.6, quote, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, end quote. Lack of knowledge by even purporting Christians about the fact that the adversary only has ability, capability, and power to render destruction in a believer's life when the believer grants him permission to do so by being passive to his aggression against them is the main reason so many multitudes of believers are experiencing constant devastation and destruction in their lives. The Real Truth Podcast is a production of Stephen Lambert Ministries, Inc., whose website is at slm. That's S-L-M dot O-R-G. Moreover, we also know that this epistle of Peter, along with his second epistle, is included in canonized scripture because it passed all the tests required to be included in canonized Scripture. Thus, we know also then that not only is this the admonition and words of Peter, the man, but also that it is actually recognized as being the God breathed or God inspired words of the Holy Spirit, and we must regard and heed it 
as such. For it says in 2 Timothy 3:16 through 17, all scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. Thus, from a biblical standpoint, it is manifestly obvious that if the devil is still prowling or walking about on the earth, seeking souls to devour by way of tacit permission, as the words of the Holy Spirit penned by the Apostle Peter reveals, then the devil has not been removed from the planet, is still alive. Spirits never die or cease to exist anyway, and the devil is an evil spirit, and well, so to speak. And he still has the capabilities he has always had to inflict adversity and opposition against human beings upon the earth. His capabilities and authority to implement those capabilities have not yet been abolished or diminished in any way, with the exception of the exceptions addressed herein. Add to that the scriptural revelations about the irrefutable fact that Satan, the fallen archangel formerly named Lucifer, was evicted from heaven and the presence of God and was forcefully cast or thrown down to the earth subsequent and consequent to his seditious rebellion against God, along with one-third of all the angels who allied with him. And the great dragon was thrown down, the serpent of old, who is called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth and his angels were thrown down with him. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren has been thrown down. He who accuses them before our God day and night. Revelation 12, 9 through 10. For this reason rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has come down to you, having great wrath, knowing that he has only a short time. And when the dragon saw that he was thrown down to the earth, he persecuted the woman who gave birth to the male child. Revelation 12, 12 through 13. How you have fallen from heaven, O star of the morning, sun of the dawn. You have been cut 
down to the earth, you who have weakened the nations. Isaiah 14, 12. And it was because Lucifer was evicted from heaven and was forcefully cut as a tree is felled or cast or thrown down to the earth that he was in the Garden of Eden, according to the Genesis account of In the Beginning, Genesis 3.1, conversed with Eve and thereby deceived her, 1 Timothy 2.14. And she in turn then seduced Adam, in joining with her in the deception of partaking of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the sin nature. The consequence of this single act of disobedience and sedition against God, mirroring the very act Lucifer himself committed in heaven, was not only apostasy and the infusion of the sin nature into the lineage of mankind, but also was the forfeiture of the dominion God had assigned to Adam over the entire earth, Genesis 1 through 2, and subjection of mankind under the dominion, authority, rule, power of Satan, which he had just obtained through the deception and seduction he had just successfully perpetrated upon Adam and Eve. In other words, Adam and Eve's disobedience to the specific command of God handed over the keys of the kingdom on earth to the devil. Quote, the serpent of old, who is called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world, end quote. Revelation 12, 9. Compare it also with Revelation 20, The tragic and inscrutable far-reaching result of the human progenitor's abject disobedience was that the fallen archangel, Satan, had now become the perpetual spiritual father of unredeemed mankind's lineage, the human race, John 8. 44. And mankind was now subjected under the dominion of the domain of darkness. This is the end result that extends to every human ever born since the Garden of Eden, and remains so until a messenger bearing the glad tidings of the good news of the gospel of Christ is sent to every individual living under that domain of spiritual darkness, quote, to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the dominion of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who have been sanctified by faith in me. Acts 26, 18. All those who accept the message and receives Christ 
as their personal Lord and Savior is thereby delivered, quote, from the power, exousia in the Greek, which means authority, of darkness, and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, end quote. Colossians 1.13, whose kingdom is the kingdom of light. Couple those facts with the fact that in the historical story of Job, when God commanded Satan to appear before him and inquired of him from where he had come, his response was, quote, from roaming about on the earth and walking around on it, end quote. The Lord said to Satan, From where do you come? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From roaming about on the earth and walking around on it. Job 1, 7 and Job 2, 2. Add to that the fact that post-cross, the Holy Spirit, through the writings of the Apostle Paul, refers to Satan as, quote, the prince of the power of the air, end quote. Picking up in Ephesians 2, 2, in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. The Greek word translated prince here is archon, which means chief ruler, magistrate, prince. The Greek word translated power is exousia, which connotes authority, mastery, jurisdiction, potentate, control, dominion, as well as the fact that also post-cross, the Holy Spirit, through also the writings of the Apostle Paul, refers to Satan as, quote, the God, or Theos in the Greek, of this world, end quote, 2 Corinthians 4, 4. When Eve was quite deceived, and Adam joined her in partaking of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the sin nature, the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience, Ephesians 2, 2, the consequence was that man, Adam and Eve, forfeited, relinquished dominion and authority over the earth and allowed Satan to steal it from them and mankind. That's when Satan became the ruler or God of the world. It was post-Christ, post-resurrection, that the resurrected Christ issued the Great Commission, the first tenet of which was to cast out devils. Mark sixteen seventeen. Obviously, if the devil and devils were entirely defeated, their capabilities and power negated, and they were annihilated or removed from the earth, there would be no need to cast out devils and would make Jesus' charge to the church to cast out demons 
inane, nonsensical, and downright silly. Enjoying this podcast? Please take a minute to pray if the Lord would have you help us with the substantial financial burden of this program. We receive no grants or funding from any organization or government agency and have no other means of support than the gracious and generous giving of our listeners. SLM Inc. bears the entire burden. In about 30 seconds, you can donate at paypal.me forward slash SLM Inc. Again, that's paypal.me forward slash S-L-M-I-N-C to give any amount. Thank you for your gifts, generosity, and graciousness. Why is all this so? Because the undeniable, unimpeachable, irrefutable truth is that the inscrutable and incredible victories Jesus won on slash through the cross and his resurrection did not include the removal of either Satan and his fallen angelic cohorts from the earth or the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience, that is, the fallen or sin nature. Nor did those victories obtained in his first coming include the annihilation or bringing to an end of Satan and his fallen angelic cohorts and his authority and capability to exercise it upon the earth, as he will do in his second coming by the mere breath of the Holy Spirit exhaled upon him slash them and by the inherent power of his mere presence. Second Thessalonians 2a Then that lawless one will be revealed whom the Lord will slay with the breath of his mouth and bring to an end by the appearance of his coming. Therefore, any teaching that contradicts these truths revealed in Scripture and what it reveals and warns concerning the sober as opposed to cavalier attitude we are to have concerning the works and wiles of the devil is false teaching, doctrine, theology, and thinking, plain and simple. Not to mention the far worse fact that it is actually stupid and self-inflicting. The flaw in such inane notions is centered upon the false supposition that Christ dealt with the devil and his authority and capabilities to operate on the earth at the cross. Don't we all wish that was true? But unfortunately, it's not. The fallout from all this unbiblical theological excess and overstatement is that 
some purporting believers continue to stubbornly or ignorantly hold to the entirely false belief that the adversity they experience in life, whether it be troubles, trials, tribulations, financial adversity, or infirmities and maladies, that is, physical attacks on their health, for example, cannot possibly be demonic in origin and nature because they falsely believe Satan's powers and authority on the earth were taken away from him or negated entirely as a result of the workings of the cross of Christ, and wholeheartedly, albeit stubbornly, cling to their spiritually prideful conviction that because they are, quote, a child of God, end quote, the devil cannot touch them, and that they are impervious to, or exempt from, the schemes, wiles, and adversity authored and carried out by the devil. As already indicated, it is certainly understandable how this can, at least on the surface, seem to be a somewhat confusing and contradiction-filled matter to some people. Nevertheless, the truth is that while Christ did indeed totally defeat Satan and the effects of the sin nature through his substitutionary death on the cross and the wages of sin, death, with his glorious resurrection from the dead, all those effects are not automatic and automatically applied, if you will, to all of mankind, but rather to all of redeemed mankind, that is, genuine, born-again, spirit-infused, spirit-baptized, Believers who not only know and believe it all, but also are obedient in engaging in the spiritual warfare required to enforce and establish the victories and spiritual effects Christ Jesus obtained for redeemed mankind in and thereby applying it to their own personal lives. The absolute bottom line on this entire matter, however, is the immeasurably profound truth that the power and authority Satan gained in the Garden of Eden was only of the world's system manifest in the natural or carnal realm, not in the spiritual realm. God's sovereignty in the spiritual realm is sacrosanct, incontestable, and impenetrable. In the spirit realm, God reigns eternally supreme. That's why it is imperative that believers engage the enemy with the spiritual weapons of our warfare, which is spiritual warfare, or 
warfare in the spirit realm and are not human, carnal, fleshly, natural, or physical weapons and are, quote, divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses, spiritual fortifications of the enemy, 2 Corinthians 10, 4. These spiritual weapons are divinely powerful because they are weapons of the Spirit of God, not merely human, carnal, fleshly, natural, or physical weapons that really only amount to psychological or intellectual weapons and are totally ineffectual against spiritual foes and their spiritual warfare. Satan is the original outlaw and rebel. He does not obey God. He is a spiritual felon with an eternal rap sheet filled with countless acts of spiritual criminality. He is an illegal, unauthorized trespasser. He does not pay any attention to the boundaries and limitations set against him by God on his own. He must be arrested and incarcerated by every individual believer in terms of his operations in their own lives. Satan refuses to acknowledge and abide by the victories and effects Jesus obtained. He has not simply backed down, backed away, or backed off because of what Jesus did the victories and spoils of victory he obtained for us on our behalf, or simply because you became a Christian. Christians are in no way impervious to or exempted from the schemes, the strategic battle plans of adversity of the devil. Satan is in denial. He's the original denier. His strategy since his utter defeat at Calvary is to simply deny and ignore. But that strategy cannot work against the informed believer. Thus, it is up to every believer to assume their responsibility to become the spiritual sheriff of his or her own life and enforce the laws Jesus has established and codified by his word. It's now all about invoking and thereby applying the word of his power or authority. Hebrews 1.3 In your own life, 
and living in order to establish and enforce the victories Christ obtained on our behalf. They're not automatic or automatically universal. Don't allow or permit the devil to put diseases, maladies, financial restrictions, and the multitudinous results of the sin nature that permeate the world and earth upon you. Fight the good fight of faith. Stand against the schemes, the wiles of the devil. Jesus defeated him, but you have to enforce that defeat in your own life because you have been given volitional autonomy over your own life that not even God will violate. And the devil doesn't have the power or authority to violate. Take charge of your life. In Jesus' name, the authority to do so has been placed in your hands, and the ability to invoke it is in your mouth. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Real Truth. I'm Stephen Lambert. Please subscribe to the podcast, share with your friends, and visit realtruthradio.com to join our mailing list. Be sure to tune in to the next edition of The Real Truth. Until then, this is Stephen Lambert reminding you that with God all things are possible, and all things work together for good to them who love God and are called according to His purpose.